The views and opinions expressed on the following program are those of the program host and guest and do not necessarily represent the views of Western Carolina University or radio station WWCU. Hello, my name is Wyatt Burnett, and today with me I have Eric Romanishan from the Haywood Waterways Association. If you'd like to start by giving us an overview of what the Haywood Waterways Association is and what exactly you guys do. Sure, Wyatt. Thanks for having me. I am the executive director for Haywood Waterways. We are a nonprofit organization based in Haywood County, North Carolina, and so we focus on reducing non-point source pollution to surface water. So we're talking about whatever washes off rooftops, parking lots, driveways, anything like that every time it rains and gets into our rivers and streams and reservoirs. And we've been around since 1994, I believe. <laughs> I've been with them since 2004. And I really enjoy the nonprofit world. Great. So how do you engage with the community, provide instructional content about the watershed, environmental health, and growth? Sure. Our, our two objectives for accomplishing our mission are to educate and engage the public in a variety of ways, uh, just through press releases, public presentations, newsletters, publications like that. But we also try to engage them, get their hands dirty, get them out there cleaning up trash, helping with education programs. And I think that hands-on activity really, people really tend to take on some good environmentally responsible behaviors when they can see things firsthand. You talked about that hands-on activity that people can go out there and get involved. We'll talk about Kids in the Creek a little bit later, but if you want to talk about some of your programs you offer that people can go out and get involved in. Sure. We do an Adopt-A-Stream program. And there's all kinds of Adopt-A-Stream programs across the country, but we focus on, strictly on litter pickup. And it's pretty important because litter can harm wildlife. It also clogs storm drains and cause flooding and uh, hurt people's property. Uh, and so we folks can either participate in individual cleanups that we organize or be part of a group that adopts a stream section. And we have a number of locations throughout Haywood County. We provide gloves, we provide bags, we provide pickup sticks, we provide uh, the dumping fees. So we really try to make it user-friendly for folks that are willing to go out there and put some sweat equity into cleaning up our streams. And we also do something called Leaders in the Creek, which uh, I guess I'll probably talk more about that with kids in the creek because they're really close to each other. Those sound like some great opportunities. Do you offer any programs such as hiking that people can just go outside, get outdoors, enjoy the fresh air, and just have some fun? We do. All too often I find myself working on the issues, the problems. But Haywood County is a beautiful place. You know, all of Western North Carolina is a beautiful place. So we wanted to really highlight where those places are to our members and for outdoor enthusiasts in general. So we have a Get to Know Your Watershed program where we take folks on hikes uh, just in general or maybe some themed hikes like mushrooms, wildflowers, uh, forestry hikes. But we also do paddle trips. We do a snorkel trip really to highlight where those beautiful places are in Haywood County, things that are worth protecting. You know, part of my job is trying to prevent streams from being degraded in the first place. It's much easier to do that than it is to try to improve 
a stream once it's degraded. So uh, I'm happy to do that program um, to raise awareness of, you know, what's worth protecting. Those sound like some great activities. I might even have to get involved. Going on into our next topic, if you want to talk about some of the pollutants that affect us here locally in the mountains. Sure. I think I mentioned non-point source pollution before, so folks might wonder what that is. The easiest way to explain that is to tell them what a point source is. So industry, take an industry, for example. They typically have a discharge where something comes out of a pipe into some kind of water body. That is a point source. And that is regulated by the U.S. EPA or the state, in our case, North Carolina Division of Water Resources. So we focus on the non-point source. Again, whenever it rains, whatever washes off the landscape. So that's much harder to regulate, much harder to control, because we all contribute. And we try to find anyone who's willing to help uh, reduce that non-point source pollution. We help to try to find them grants and technical resources to do it. So the main pollutants we're concerned with is, well, sediment. That's our number one pollutant. And it's just dirt that simply washes into the stream. Folks might think, well, why dirt? It's natural. Well, anything in excess causes problems. Think about too much dirt into a reservoir. We've got a few reservoirs here in Jackson County. My great example is Lake Chalusco over there in Haywood County. They have to lower the water every year to dredge all that sediment out. Otherwise, it just become a giant wetland. And if you like apples, you like corn, tomatoes, that's a farmer growing those. And a farmer is typically going to pull water from a river for irrigation. And if their intake pipe's covered with dirt, they got to go out and fix it. They got to pay someone to go out and fix it. And that's going to affect our pocketbook. We're going to pay more for the price of produce. And of course, think about trout fishing. Well, so many trout fishermen in here, in this area, where do trout lay their eggs? Where do the food that trout eat? It's all in those rocks down at the bottom of the river. But if they're covered in dirt, there's no more habitat, no more food. So, and there's a lot more examples like that. So dirt's our number one pollutant, but the other things we're concerned about is bacteria that might be from livestock in close proximity to a stream or maybe in a stream itself, could be from pet waste, could be from a failing septic system, or even a straight pipe, for that matter. So there's a number of sources there. And, of course, trash, too much fertilizer, too much pesticides, uh, fluids leaking from cars. There's a lot of things we that fit that non-point source Great. definition. So if you'd like to go into some of the work you guys do with local businesses, landowners, and communities, and kind of tell us what you guys do for them and how you can help out. Sure, sure. Well, we do a number of events throughout the year that we do seek uh, business and community group sponsors. So, f- for example, our our big plunge fundraiser we recently had, folks jumping in Lake Jonalisk in the middle of February. Uh, we try to really promote those folks who support that. So we give them a little plug in the community, help them raise uh their own, I guess, spot in the community where they might get more folks come in their business. But in terms of water quality improvements, any really anyone who owns property, owns a house, and is having issues that might affect water, that might be uh, causing non, those non-point source pollutants to get into our waterways, we can help find technical resources, working with partners such as the 
Soil and Water Conservation District, the Natural Resource Conservation Service, Environmental Health Department, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, all those folks. Um, we also can help them find the financial resources, and that's a big part of my job, is finding grants. Because a lot of people are interested in protecting water. They just don't know how or they don't have the funds to do it. And that's where Haywood Waterways can come in and do that. We've been very successful. I was just looking at our, our results this morning. We've written 200 grant applications in our lifetime, and we've been approved for about 170. So that's a pretty good success rate. That's awesome. Looking at your website, I noticed you work along with the Volunteer Water Association Network. Would you like to discuss that and kind of give some detail about what information you provide for them? Sure. One of the challenges in getting a grant is to be able to justify the problem. So we do a number of uh, different types of monitoring, and that VWIN that you mentioned is part of it. We also do bacteria and sediment and temperature, things like that. So that VWIN provides simple chemical analysis of nutrients, pH, conductivity, turbidity, suspended solids, things like that. And um, we've been doing it for a long time now. I can't remember, 21 years? So we have a really good long-term data set. Some of the sites that we started sampling from the start we're still doing today. And that's what you really need so you can see trends, um, things getting worse, things getting better. And that's what the grant funders want to see. They want to see that, yeah, there truly is an issue before they'll give us money. Yeah, you talked about sites. Would you like to give some examples of the kind of sites you look for and or monitor? Yeah, we got sites in rural settings. We got sites in urban settings. And there's really two different types of stormwater runoff there, non-point source pollution, because think of what's coming from a rural landscape. You might have farming. You might have uh, gravel roads, developments, housing developments, things like that. But in an urban setting, a lot of it's just parking lots and rooftops and roads, and you get different types of pollutants in those types of environments. And in western North Carolina, it brings up a good point. You know, we have so many trout streams. They're called cold water streams. Typically, year-round, they're about 69 degrees or less. Now, think about standing in a big box store parking lot in the middle of summer and your bare feet. You're not going to be able to stand there very long because it's going to get too hot. Well, it's going to that pavement or asphalt just absorbs the sunlight and holds it, and it's going to rain eventually. And those raindrops are going to pick up that hot that hotness from the parking lot, and it's going to get carried down to the nearest stream. And that's what we call thermal stress or thermal pollution because we have temperature gauges in Richland Creek over in Haywood that say it hits 80 degrees. And for a cold water stream, that's too high. If it doesn't kill the organisms outright, it can stress them out. They stop reproducing. They stop feeding. And again, think of trout fishermen. Think of the recreational aspects. Think of the economic aspects of that. That can really impact tourism, people wanting to come here. Yeah, that's right. The streams and water sources around here are not only used by us locals, but they provide a lot of tourism and people from other states wanting to come up to the mountains and really get engaged with our area. Next, we're going to go on and talk about the kids and the program you guys put on every year, Kids in the Creek, where the kids get to get out of the classroom, get out there in the field and really get some hands-on learning and experience. Sure. 
kids, uh, we do a lot of education programs, like I said, and we focus a lot on students working with the schools, trying to do programs that meet their curriculum needs so it's a benefit for the teachers. And we again, we try to hit the students because they're young, um, <laughs> they're malleable, you might say, and they just have a real strong interest in learning, especially in the outdoors. I mean, I was a kid, I was outside all the time. So Kids in the Creek is one of the programs we do, and we've done it for 22 years now. We estimate we've reached 14,000 kids in that time. So doing the math, the first kids that went through their program are 35 years old now, and I know a few of them who uh, clearly remember being outside for this event. And just uh, they remember it as being the most memorable experiences from eighth grade. So, as I imply there, this is a program for all 8th graders in Haywood County, and it gets them out of the classroom into the Pigeon River in Canton, at the Canton Rec Park, a real beautiful place, and they go through four, um, play, <laughs> they go through four stages, sorry, they do uh, two on land, they do a water chemistry station, just learning about that, they do an enviroscape station, where they learn about how stormwater, uh, how that runoff gets into our streams and impacts it. Then we put them in waders, and they get in the river, flipping over rocks, looking for benthic macroinvertebrates. Those are like the insects, uh, crayfish, mussels, worms, things without a backbone. And then they also go to a fish station, where they do electrofishing just like uh, Division of Water Resources does, just like the U.S. EPA does, Fish and Wildlife Service. So we're going to give them a hands-on practical experience. And they do those latter two stations, benthics and fish, because we, do some, we try to teach them something called tolerance level or bioindicators. Uh, every organism has a tolerance level for pollution, so when they can identify a species, they know then know what its tolerance is for pollution. So if we find a whole lot of organisms that are tolerant of pollution, that's a big red flag, something's wrong with that water. But if we find a whole lot that are intolerant of pollution, such as stoneflies, mayflies, darters, even trout, um, that's a good sign that that water is pretty clean. And the teachers love it, says it helps with end of grade testing. Uh, again, these are practical experiences. These are, the kids are doing something that the professionals are doing as adults and getting paid for. So we might uh, influence a couple of students to pursue that as a career. Sounds like a great program for those students to get out there and really get some hands-on experience instead of just sitting in the classroom, reading textbooks and listening to the teacher. They can really just get out there, have a fun day outside and really take away a lot from that. Is there a lot of community engagement with this program volunteer-wise? Absolutely. Uh, we do rely on volunteers because we're putting 650, 700 kids in the river over four days, and it takes a lot of manpower, especially getting kids in and out of waders. I'm amazed at the number of kids who have never put on a pair of waders um, and then showing them around. So we get a lot of groups every year that come out and help. Uh, the Trout Unlimited Catalucci chapter, Haywood Community College students, uh, Champion Credit Union, and just individuals. And we'd love to have Western Carolina University folks there. I believe we've had a few in the past come over and help. So we can definitely find a niche for them to help. 
uh, do this program. That sounds to me like that's a great opportunity for people to get out there and get involved and really help with the education of those students. What are the dates of the Kids in the Creek program and how can people contact you to get involved with that program and the many others you offer? The Kids in the Creek is typically the second or third week of September, so we never can nail it down until school starts in late August and the teachers have their schedule set. And if folks are interested in getting a hold of us, our phone number is simply 828-476-4667. We have email info at haywoodwaterways.org. Folks can go to our website, haywoodwaterways.org, and find us on Facebook and Twitter as well. Sounds good. It's going to be the second or third week in September for the Kids in the Creek program. You can give them a call at 828-476-4667, 828-476-4667, or you can send them an email at info at haywoodwaterways.org, info at haywoodwaterways.org, and you can find them on social media. I would like to thank our guest, Eric Romanishan with the Haywood Waterways Association for joining us today. My name is Wyatt Burnett with WWCU. The views and opinions expressed on the preceding program are those of the program host and guest and do not necessarily represent the views of Western Carolina University or radio station WWCU.